Hi, welcome to what we're going to call the Squadcast. Uh, this is just a little bit of a follow-up podcast uh, for you to uh, have a listen to. We'll have some, some thoughts and some questions. Um, and this is something you can take to your squad and maybe unpack some of the questions together as you journey together following Jesus. Uh, so this morning we have got, well it might not be morning for you, but we've got uh, Sarah here. Hey. So uh, each week Sarah and I, and, and maybe some other people as well at different times, we'll sit down and we're just going to do a short podcast just to uh, just to help you in your squads and in your small groups um, unpack the message from Sunday and chew on it a little bit more. Uh, the thing that I love about our current series with James is is that uh, there are some really chewy bits that we actually need to wrestle with a lot more. And uh, what I love about doing a series where we actually work through a book is that we can't ignore some of it. We can't just pick the nice ones and um, and just ignore the, the hard bits. Um, I used an analogy on Sunday about the, uh, the Bible being like a chocolate almond. And... Uh, I was talking to my mum today, and she said, and she told me a joke. So the joke goes like this: There was a, a lady, an older lady, on a bus one day who um, kept bringing up nuts to the uh, to the bus driver and sharing her nuts with him. And he was really thankful and eating the nuts. And then finally, after she kept bringing nuts up to him, he said, um, "Why aren't Why aren't you eating the nuts yourself? Why Why are you giving them all to me?" And she said, "Oh, no, I am. I just, but I only like the chocolate bits on the outside." And sometimes, sometimes we can engage the, with the Bible a little bit like that. We just like the sweet bits, um, but sometimes there's some nutty bits we need to engage with. So we're going to engage with some of those nutty bits right now. So uh, Sarah, you got some thoughts, some questions? Um, well, one question that came out um, near the end, uh, someone asked a question of Michael from uh, Corinthians uh, around judging. Um, and I think it's worth us having a bit of a conversation. Uh, Jesus has some things to say about not judging or about what will happen if we judge. Uh, and then we read other verses that seem to contradict a little bit, like what do we do with that um, if it seems out of out of step? Yeah, so the verse that um, was brought up was 1 Corinthians 6, uh, which says this, uh, If any of you has a dispute with another, dear, do you dare to take it before the ungodly for judgment instead of before the Lord's people? Or do you not know that the Lord's people will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things of this life? Um, so the other three verses that were um, uh, given on Sunday, um, and the thought there being, hang on, if James is saying that we shouldn't judge, uh, isn't Paul saying here that we have the right to judge the world? Um and so I, I gave a really short answer to that on Sunday, but uh, I think it's worth diving a little bit deeper into. Uh, and Sarah uh, even mentioned earlier that someone else um, from church brought it up with her today, saying, hey, but doesn't this actually mean that we can judge? Um, and so let's unpack it. So 
the first thing is this is a I think a really good example of how we engage with the Bible in a healthy way. Um, so we've got um, three verses given, and um, but what is the context of this passage? What is Paul actually trying to get at? Um, and so for us to get the context, we actually need to read the chapters around it, not just the verses around it, but the chapters around it, and um, see what it, what is Paul actually trying to address? Because this is a letter written to an actual church who were having actual problems, and Paul was addressing those actual problems. So what is the actual problem Paul was trying to address? Um, so if we go back to um, chapter 5, uh, he he's actually addressing sexual immorality. And he's saying, uh, his, so the first verse in chapter 5 says, it's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. So this is the issue. Paul's heard a report that the Corinthian church are allowing all sorts of sexual immorality to happen. There's a man sleeping with his father's wife, and they are seemingly condoning this type of behavior. Um, and uh, he even goes on to say, it sounds like you're boasting about it. Um, and he's actually quite incensed about all of this going on. Um, and so we find at the end of the chapter that um, Paul says this. So this is a couple of verses before the verse that was given on Sunday. He says, What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked person from among you. So this is leading into his thought. Now remember, this would have been just one continual letter. We're, give, we're given it broken up into chapters, but this would have been one continual thought that Paul is addressing. So context here is sexual immorality. There's some issues going on in the church. Um, and Paul clearly says, what business is it of mine to judge those outside of the church? That's pretty clear. And then he goes on to say, talking about settling disputes among each other in the church. Um, Sarah, do you have any thoughts so far? Yeah, well, just for me, it's just around, let's be so much more aware of the context. When if something Jesus says doesn't fit with something else, we need to look a bit deeper into something else. Yeah. There was four Corinthian letters. We only have two of them. Um, and let's, yeah, let's not stop where a chapter ends and a chapter starts. Yeah. Because um, that really does a disservice to what it is Paul, in this case, is trying to share. Totally, yeah. And what can happen is we end up using the Bible rather than letting it read us. So we use potentially using this verse uh, here in chapter 6 to justify our desire to judge. Um, and, and I think that's quite dangerous and quite irresponsible. Um, so we need to look at it in context. And, um, and then, so let's look at some of the, what seemingly looks like the contradiction. So in verse 2 it says, Or do you not know that the Lord's people will judge the world? Um, and if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things of, of this life? So the context here, so, so Paul has clearly said we 
we, we have no right to judge those outside of the church. And then now he's saying, or do you not know that the Lord's people will judge the world? The, 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 the word here is, is cosmos. It's, it's, it's talking about the, the entire world. It's talking about an eschatological future, which you can read about in, in the book of Revelation, where it, it appears that, uh, that we will be with Christ making judgments of, it even says about the angels. Um, now, if this is about now, then I am missing out big time on judging <laughs> angels. So I don't know, Sarah, when was the last time you judged an angel? Not recently. No, no. <laughs> um, and so, um, uh, uh, so Paul was talking about something here, which actually uh, never gets mentioned again, actually, yeah. uh, until Revelation. There seems to be some implication there about what this is that Paul is getting at, but there's no more unpacking of this. So... Potentially, this is something Paul has talked about before that we don't have access to. Um, maybe it's in the other Corinthian letters. I don't know. Um, but it is clearly talking about future, not now. And the, the whole context that Paul was putting this in is he's saying, guys, you can't even sort out your own stuff right now. Don't you know that one day we will actually have this authority with Jesus to one day judge angels. Come on, get your act together and sort your own disputes out. Um, and so the issue was, he, he goes on to say that there are even lawsuits against one another in the church. Um, and um, he, um, he actually says this, is it possible that there is nobody among you wise enough to judge a dispute between believers? Ouch. <laughs> are none of you wise enough to even sort out your own trivial issues that you've got going on? What right do you think we have to judge those outside the church? We can't even sort our own stuff out. This is what Paul was saying. And I, I think it's um, pretty clear. He, he goes on to say, wouldn't you be better just to be wronged and to be cheated than to try and judge one another? And, and you know, to take, um, to, to have lawsuits against one another. Um, and so, and then he, he then um, starts to then unpack sexual immorality more. And so this, the, those particular verses about um, judging angels and judging the world are sandwiched between issues of sexual immorality and him saying you need to be able to sort these things out from amongst you. That's the context. So, um, yeah. And so I, I think um, to carry on from that, when we talk about judging, uh, for me, we need to maybe dive a, bit, a little bit lower about why we have feelings and the need to judge. So do you have any thoughts on that, Sarah? Yeah, I think that um, if we try to change our behaviour, we try to use our will, that's not going to work in the long term. Who, who has ever tried to change their behaviour by will and failed? Um, I think all of us, New Year's resolutions. Um, yeah. So for us to try and change our behaviour around judging, that's missing the point. What is the lie that is underneath? Yes. Um, why is that we're judging someone um, and I think a lot of it is to do with shame I think we compare we blame we're trying to keep the pain away from ourselves why we're inadequate and um, why we feel like we're not enough yeah. um, so we'll turn to you know jealousy if we think we're going to lose something envy if someone is what we're not um, yeah. and so we will judge to tear them down so we feel a little bit better yeah 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 and so that's what's really going on um, with the the need to judge and um, I, I think it's worthwhile having this conversation because James dives into judging again in chapter 4 
Um, and so we're going to look at this all again. And um, I, I think with um, James and the teachings of Jesus, especially this, the Sermon on the Mount, um, when we did the series on the Sermon on the Mount, I used the analogy of like the iceberg. And, you know, we, we read it at the surface level um, and we just see the tip of the iceberg. But actually what Jesus is trying to expose or what he's trying to do is flip the iceberg up and say, here's all of the, the motives that are actually underneath our behavior. And so I think if we take time to actually meditate on these scriptures yeah. and allow them to read us, then we will actually, our motives will get exposed around why do I have the need and the feeling, the need to judge others? Why do I need to find scriptures to try and justify my feelings and needs to judge others? Um, I, I think that would be a better way yeah. to look at this. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there's the verse, obviously, that mercy triumphs over judgment. Mm. And I think it needs to triumph over judgment in us first. And I yeah. think it takes a real self-awareness to be able to look at what's happening in you internally when you're judging someone, you know, what's going on in me rather what's happening on the external with them. Mm. Um, and I know that for me, when Michael, when you were sharing about discernment versus suspicion, right. and on Sunday I was seeing the time not that long ago where I was suspicious about someone and trying to figure out, was this suspicion, was this discernment? Right. It was right. all in my own head. Right. It, was, um, it was the jealousy thing, fearing that someone might take something I wanted. Uh, so I was suspicious instead of, so I was making judgments right. out of my own insecurities yeah. rather than, uh, Interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, another thought on this um, discernment thing that I probably uh, didn't share on Sunday that I think would be helpful, um, just to sidetrack a little bit, is uh, the gift of discernment is to do with the discerning of spirits. Mm -hmm. It's got nothing to do with making judgments on one another. It's actually to, it's actually a spiritual thing. Discerning spirits, um, you know, is when you know, the, being able to walk into a room and pick up on an atmosphere and discern the spirits that are at work in yeah. in a place or in someone's life. It's actually got nothing to do with um, um, saying someone is or isn't righteous. Yes. Like that's, so let's quit doing that. So let's quit doing yeah. it. It's got nothing to do with it. So let's not use the sermon yeah. as a, a um, an excuse or a, a, to validate our feelings or needs to judge. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, and... The truth is Jesus never says, uh, don't judge. He just puts this warning on it, this huge warning, yeah. that if you intend to judge, um, you you are actually choosing to live by the law. But there is a better way to live. That's right. Mercy triumphs over judgment. This is a much better way to live and choose life. So, yeah, I think it's a, a really good thought. So um, the, I was reflecting on the um, story in John about the woman caught in adultery a while ago, and I wrote, I wrote this thought down, um, and I think it's helpful with this, because the other verse that also gets pulled into this whole idea is, is speaking the truth in love. Um, context again, this is all about church unity. So let's remember that... Um, that Paul was always writing to churches addressing church issues. He's never writing about how we should um, judge the world. It's never the context. It's always church issues. How do you deal with this issue that you're having in your church right now? 
Um, and so he talks about truth and love. Um, but uh, so I wrote this thought, and I think it's helpful. When truth becomes stones to throw rather than bread to feed, it's no longer truth that reveals the heart of Jesus, but truth that reveals the heart of the stone thrower. And, and I think that's what it comes down to. When it comes to judging, I think if we have feelings of judgment, we need to stop mm -hmm. and say, is this about revealing the heart of Jesus? Because if, if it is, it will be bread that will feed someone. Or is this revealing my heart? And if it's just revealing my heart, then it has become a stone that's that right. we are throwing at others. And that's not how we bring heaven to earth. Yeah. In fact, James in chapter 3 talks about how our tongues actually release hell on earth. And they are like a fire. Yeah. And so, um, you know, are we, are we partnering with the kingdom of heaven? to bring heaven, or are we actually partnering with evil? That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, these are the choices that we have, and I think judgment is mm. such a fine line there That's right. um, that Jesus is actually offering just a different way, yeah. saying just don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a better way to live. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mercy triumphs over judgment yeah. with yeah. you, with others. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. What, what also happens with judgment, I think, is that we can hold people to their past. Yeah. Um, and actually, um, and, and again, often if we have those feelings and needs to judge, um, we actually, um, without realizing, I think subconsciously, we actually want to hold people to their past because it actually feels better for us yes. that they are kept in their past. That's right. Um, and because... Because, yeah, judging always comes out of the sense that we need to hold others down so that we are elevated. Um, and so keeping people held to their past. So judging can actually imprison people as well. It imprisons us, Absolutely. but it also imprisons others and says, you're, you're never going to grow. Mm. But actually the reality is if we're following Jesus, then we're growing and we're becoming more and more human. Um, but judging is actually choosing to dehumanize others yeah. so that... We feel more human, but we don't. We actually dehumanise ourselves as well, which is really sad. Yeah. And it's worth noting, I guess, if you are going through a season of transformation, there are going to be people that will react weird to you because of right. that whole trying to hold you back or not being – they're losing out because you're growing. Yeah, um, yeah. And that they'll be yeah, making judgments trying to hold you back. Yeah, right. Because they – your growth is costing them something, but it's about them. Yeah, the, yeah. stones. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. There's this great um, – Thing. We, maybe we can um, finish with this, but uh, I think it's in Philemon. I, I don't know the exact reference right now. I, I think it's Philemon. But Paul um, is writing to um, the church. Is that a place? Philemon? It's a person. It's a person. He's writing to a person, eh? So he's writing to Philemon. It's a letter to Philemon. Uh, anyway, and I could have the totally the wrong uh, book even. Irrelevant. Paul once said, it is written. So I'm just going to say, it is written in the Bible somewhere. Uh, <laughs> But he says, I'm sending to you Titus. I think it is. It could be wrong again. But I'm sending you Titus. He was hopeless before. This is like like paraphrasing. He was hopeless before, but he's good now. Can, yeah. I, read, can I read you the verse? Oh, you got it. Yeah, great. Yeah. 
Uh, so I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Anisimus. And hey, that's right. <laughs> Who's going to remember Anisimus, honestly? Um, I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Anisimus has, hasn't been much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I'm sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. Great. So Paul is basically saying, this guy was of no use before. Uh, who knows where he was at in his journey. He was maybe toxic or whatever. But he's sending him to to these people and, but he's sending them with this endorsement. Hey, yeah. please don't hold him to his past because he's different now. Yeah. And I think that's really beautiful. And I think we need to be reminded of that as well, that people grow. If we are following Jesus, then we're growing. Mm-hmm. And um, we shouldn't be holding each other to our past. That's good. And we should be believing the best in each other and actually just pointing each other to Jesus because we know that's how we grow. Awesome. Well, I hope that's been helpful and I hope that you can unpack some of the stuff more and wrestle with it more in in your squads and in your small groups. Um, But be blessed.